Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. While it may be a one word with three letters, it's simply the best way to describe yesterday's action when it came to the American League side of the playoff bracket in the MLB playoffs. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily source of the Atlanta Braves from Talking Chop. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. You can find the Daily Hammer, the Talking Chop podcast, and the Road to Atlanta podcast, as well as all of the reactionary podcasts from each and every playoff game, plus preview podcasts such as this at TalkingChop.com and at TalkingChop across all forms of social media. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. Yesterday was an absolutely crazy but wonderful day when it came to the American League playoffs. A walk-off home run from Christian Vasquez allowed the Red Sox to take a 2-1 lead over the Rays, surprisingly, in one part of the AL playoff bracket. While the White Sox were able to stave off elimination and stay alive against the Astros as they got their first win, making it 2-1 Astros win in the Astros-White Sox side of things in the AL playoffs. So now the focus shifts to another day of four games of playoff action, and it begins with the Braves returning home to welcome the Brewers to Truist Park. Obviously, when it came to the Braves' performance in the first two games, the offense certainly was limited, but at the end of the day, the Braves outscored the, outscored the Brewers by a total of four runs to two. And you also have to feel that the Braves' offense was just simply more productive. It certainly made the most of its opportunities in Game 2, and the reason why Game 1 went to Milwaukee, you have to feel, was because early opportunities were not there for the Braves. They were not taken advantage of. So, the focus shifts to Game 3, and yes, the Braves do now have home field advantage. Games 3 and 4, today and tomorrow, all at Truist Park, starting at 12.07 p.m. Central, 1.07 p.m. Eastern today, and then obviously tomorrow, Game 4 will be at 4.07 p.m. Central, 5.07 p.m. Eastern. But the focus today is Ian Anderson versus Freddie Peralta. And let's just be straightforward and honest. In this pitching matchup, once again, the advantage goes to the Brewers. Freddie Peralta this year in 144 and two-thirds innings pitched. 195 strikeouts. As much as is talked about Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns for the Brewers, Freddie Peralta is right there as an unexpected source of success. He absolutely has been dominant for much of the season for the Brewers. As a matter of fact, he has a 2.70 ERA away from Miller Park with a 2.88 ERA at Miller Park. 
Freddie Peralta also, in his one lone start against the Braves, went six innings, struck out eight batters, walked only one batter in six innings while allowing zero earned runs. It was a crazy game late as the Braves wound up winning that game 10 tonight, despite a superlative performance from Freddie Peralta. But overall in his career, Peralta versus the Braves, he's over 16 and one-thirds innings, has allowed 13 hits, eight earned runs, 12 walks, and 19 strikeouts. Now, a lot like Corbin Burns, the version that we saw of Freddie Peralta this year is certainly significantly different than the version of Freddie Peralta that we saw in the past. But the Braves also are a much better version of themselves now than the version that Peralta saw earlier this year when he was able to have a stellar performance against Atlanta. But at the end of the day, the Brewers certainly have to feel confident that they have the upper hand when it comes to this starting pitching matchup with Freddie Peralta on the mound. Now, with Ian Anderson, his second half of the season certainly has not matched his first half of the season. However, numbers and the underlying advanced statistics suggest that as Ian Anderson made a start after start, as he got further away from returning from his shoulder injury that kept him out much of the second half, he certainly looked like his old self. As a matter of fact, in the last three starts of Ian Anderson's 2021 season, his ex-FIP was 3.78. In the first half of the year, his ex-FIP was 3.7. So the first half, so the Ian Anderson that we saw in the first half was very similar in terms of what he can control to the Ian Anderson that we start over his last three starts to the season. So while the Brewers certainly do have the upper hand when it comes to the starting pitching matchup, Ian Anderson seems to be more of his normal healthy self as the season ended, and that certainly is a good narrative to see coming into Game 3 of this NLDS. But the other side of the coin, when we flip the coin and talk about the offenses, it certainly seems that the Braves, being the more productive offense overall, and the now having the home field advantage for this series, should certainly feel confident in their offense. However, the one thing that stands out about this is while the Braves do have the home field advantage, the Brewers have been one of the best teams on the road this year in the major leagues, and that certainly remains relevant in this series. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. As the series started between the Brewers and the Braves, I feel it came down to a matter of certainty. What were you more certain in? The Brewers' advantage when it came to starting pitching or the Braves' advantage when it came to offense? And I think that the Braves answered the call in terms of the fact that if you were more certain in the Braves' offense having a bigger advantage over the Brewers than the Brewers' starting pitching having a bigger advantage over Atlanta, I think you were right. Because at the end of the day, the Braves outscored the Brewers 4-2 to two in Milwaukee. And a big reason why Game 1 ended the way that it, that it did was more on the Braves' missed opportunities 
then it was the Brewers making the most of their opportunities. The Brewers certainly did. and That was the difference in the game. But the Braves had more opportunities that they failed at than the Brewers had opportunities that they succeeded at. Along with that, I think that it's fair to say the starting pitching combination of Charlie Morton and Max Freed were more productive than the starting combination of Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, though Burns and Woodruff clearly were the more dominant duo coming into this series. So we shift to game three, and I think that the question remains, what are you more certain in? Freddie Peralta being better than Ian Anderson, or the Braves' offense once again being more certain as the better offense over the Brewers' offense? Well, I think you can answer with certainty that Freddie Peralta has the better track record this season than Ian Anderson. But on the Braves' offense side of things, I don't necessarily know if you can answer with certainty that they have the better offense, though things have trended in their direction. What I mean by that is this is that the Brewers are actually one of the better, actually one of the best teams on the road in the majors this season. The San Francisco Giants, out of nowhere, emerged as the best team in baseball with 107 wins this season. A big reason why, they had 53 wins on the road this year, which led the majors. But the team that was second in terms of wins on the road this year was the Milwaukee Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers were 50-31 and on the road this year. A big reason why, they arguably had the best road pitching staff in the majors this season. That's how good they were, which obviously follows along with how dominant they've been with their three starters, Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. But it's not just the pitching. The offense also has actually been pretty good on the road. As a matter of fact, since August 10th, which includes the Braves really trending up with their you know trade deadline additions, the Brewers have actually, since August 10th, had a better road OPS than the Braves have had a home OPS. The Brewers' road OPS since August 10th is 740. The Braves' home OPS is 737. But since that time, the Braves' home OPS has trended up while the, Brewers', while the Brewers' road OPS has trended down. One big reason why is the Braves have needed, the, they've needed to be able to play well obviously because they've been in the more competitive competitive division, while the Brewers obviously had their division wrapped up for nearly all of September. But that is one key that I think stands out in the Braves' favor. This is where the Braves hot into the season, how well they were playing at the end of the season, and how they came together as an offense really could stand out at home. Though the Brewers have been a very good road team this year, it's the Braves' offense that has been significantly better to end the year. And that is what emerged as the difference maker in Milwaukee. Though, yes, you certainly can make a case the Braves should have won both games against the Brewers. The fact that they were able to steal, a vi- to not steal, but earn a victory in Milwaukee and make the series tied one-to-one and now have the home field advantage in the series, their offense is starting to hopefully figure out this Brewers pitching rotation. But the only way the Braves are going to be able to make the most of the opportunity in front of them is getting better production from the bottom of their order. 
Besides Jock Peterson entering as a pinch hitter and getting a hit in game one and getting a hit in game two, besides that, in the Braves batting order from positions from, from the fifth spot through the ninth spot, through two games in Milwaukee, the Braves only had three total hits. That's correct. For in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth spots, the Braves only have three total hits. That has got to change for the Braves to be able to win this series because that is how the Braves are going to be able to create an advantage through the depth of their lineup. That means Adam Duvall, Eddie Rosario, Travis Darno, and Dansby Swanson, along with Jock Peterson as being the primary bench bat, they're going to have to either step up and make a difference or, in Jock Peterson's case, continue to make a difference. The Braves are going to win this series if the bottom of their order can produce. Now, you certainly, with the names that I mentioned, you certainly feel at least one of them will show up over the next two games. But they're going to have to step up and produce in order to be able to flex the the true strength of this Braves franchise against the Brewers, and that is the offense over the Brewers pitching. If the Braves are going to win the next two games, it's going to have to be with the bottom of their order, either converting scoring opportunities the top of the order creates or creating scoring opportunities so the top of the order with Solaire, Freeman, and Albies, they can convert themselves. That's what really stands out as being the true area where the Braves can really make a difference for over the next two games. It's the bottom of their order becoming much more productive than they were in Milwaukee. It's going to be exciting to see. Hopefully, the Braves will be able to do that starting today against Peralta, though he certainly is a tough matchup. We'll have all the reaction for you here on the Talking Chop podcast. You can find all that at TalkingChop.com and at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Go Braves! Hopefully, by the time we talk to you next, the Braves will have the advantage in this series. Looking forward to ending it tomorrow in Game 4. Enjoy your day. Go Braves! And we'll talk to you soon here on the Daily Hammer and the Talking Chop Podcast Network. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.